Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The horses are on the track. Right around Australia on SEN Track. Thanks to Racing Queensland, this is the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collin. Yes, hello, happy Friday. Welcome to the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett. I'm your host, Alyssa Smith, with the ever-so-talented Sam Collett herself. Sam, how great is this? A half hour to talk about racing featuring yourself. Well, I think everybody likes a good plug to talk about themselves, so what better (laughs) opportunity than this one? How good, how good. Let's get to know you, though, Sam, because you're from New Zealand. Let's talk about your upbringing. Now you're based here in Brizzy. How did that come about? Yeah, look, I did seven weeks here and sort of like a working winter holiday last year. And when I came back home to NZ, it sort of became pretty apparent to me I was ready for a change and a new challenge. Um, So I decided to up stumps and move over here. And uh, it's been a fantastic transition for me so far. I did the two weeks in quarantine in October um, and then got out and started pretty much race riding bang on Melbourne Cup Day. So it's been fantastic. It took a little bit of time to get the ball rolling here, um, just in terms of getting that first winner on the board, and, and things have flown, like flowed on really well since then. Um, and I pretty much consider sort of Queensland home now, so it's it's good. Really? That's yeah. lovely, isn't it? Warmer weather than New Zealand. I know, but I tell you what, if I had a dollar for every time it rained here and someone <laughs> said to me, you'd be useless, I would definitely be able to retire by now. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I guess the track conditions here, the riding conditions would be better than New Zealand because it does rain more so in the evenings here. Yeah, well, I can't say I really hit a, a super wet track here and I'm like, Jesus is worse than home, you know, especially... <laughs> Like this time of year back in NZ, it's obviously very wet, very testing. Um, so I haven't missed that whatsoever. But it, the warmer weather is um, definitely a draw, massive draw card for me. You mentioned you came over here, you had to do two weeks quarantine. And then that was late October. But then you're already racing Melbourne Cup. That's a short turnaround to go from being stuck in a tiny little room with no training to then straight out on yeah. a horse. Yeah, I tried, like I was fortunate enough to be able to hire a bit of gym equipment to keep myself busy and the two weeks in ISO allowed me enough time to really get stuck into doing all the form. So I was kind of like pre-prepared mentally and trying my best physically. Before I went into ISO, I was been mad, mad busy at home in mm. NZ. So my fitness levels, even though I'd done not a lot for two weeks, um, it probably didn't actually give like do my body any harm to have two weeks rest either. Let's talk about New Zealand. Growing up, how involved with horse racing were your family? Uh, massive. Like my, my, both my parents were very successful jockeys in their own rights. Um, my dad, who's now sort of scaled back and is doing a little bit of training. Um, my mum is still riding at home and she's just like, she's like Wonder Woman, honestly. She's incredible and someone I admire greatly because for her work ethic mm. to still be riding and passionate about her sport or our sport. Um, at this age and in this part of her career, you know, too. So for me, it was a little bit of a no-brainer, even though riding wasn't initially my first port of call when it came to, you know, my career. I thought I would stay at school and and become a vet, and then I soon realised I probably was going to cost me more money than it was going to make me. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I pursued a a career in racing, even though most, you know, people that had probably grown up in my position 
had ridden racehorses, I was more into the equestrian side of things. Mm. And my mum was a you know, big advocate for that. So we were always busy in the weekends, show jumping and things. My mum could sort of get us, get rid of us while she was busy <laughs> race riding. So my career, you know, started pretty much from my family's, you know, um, my family's upbringing too. So I've got two cousins that ride successfully in Sydney. Who um, are they? Jason and Alicia Collett. Big yep. shout out to them. <laughs> um, they're probably a little bit more famous than me. But anyway, <laughs> Not probably... after this show. Come <laughs> on, after... Sam. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, and I've got um, their dad, Uncle Richard, there to me. He trains uh, back home. Um, like my mum's side of the family, they're involved in racing one way or another. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um dad's side of the family my my granddad he had a stud farm in the south island of New Zealand and so it's all it all sort of intertwines um now I look back on it and there's nothing else I would be doing um Mm. I love my job um and it's taken me to some fantastic places in the world um and given me like a fantastic life fantastic lifestyle and I've met some amazing people too with your upbringing you're around horse racing were your parents keen on you becoming a jockey (laughs) Mum wasn't so keen on the idea, only because, and I look back now and I understand why, uh, for her coming through her career and, you know, back then, uh, it was very hard for women, you know, it was hard to sort of get a foot in the door and, and to not be taken seriously, to really get those opportunities they probably deserved. And now we look at it and we're very fortunate, especially I think New Zealand's probably one of the, so forebears of the you know, women in, in racing, there's probably more women riding than men there. Um, and Australia is <laughs> definitely looking to get that way. So it's fantastic to see, you know, we're obviously paid the same amount. There's not many sports people that are, you know, women and men are on the same wicket. So it's it's fantastic like that. But in saying that, mum was definitely against me having a career in racing to start with. Um, she thought my intelligence was wasted on horse riding. <laughs> she was wrong. Um, but my dad's always been a massive supporter of mine. I mean, they both support me now, but, um, you know, dad was all for it. And even though he, um, he was convinced I was never going to be tough enough to make it, but you know, racing was, does teach you one thing and it's to be tough and you either sink or swim. So, uh, like I said, I wouldn't be doing anything else now. It's, it's been fantastic. Talking about toughness, mental or physically tough? Definitely mental. For me, anyway, I can't speak for everyone. The physical side of it, yes, you obviously have to be physically fit to do our job. But the mental side of it, it's probably what gets me and what I struggle with the most, trying to find a good balance with, you know, downtime a little bit away from racing because it's all so consuming from Mm. the time you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to whenever you leave the races. And when you're leaving the races, you're still thinking about, well, what I should have done, this, that, the other, you know, it's – um, you never go home with the perfect day, mm. you know, and, and if you're going to be successful, you have to make sure that you are aware to, you know, or you, you're aware of what you've done wrong and, and sort of analyze the whole day. Um, so it can be hard for me mentally to clock off. Um, I think that's the pressure of racing, the pressure of performing for owners, trainers, punters, the like, that's for me, the hardest part. How consuming is it? You say it consumes your entire life, seven days a week. How consuming is it from the moment you wake up till you go to bed? Pretty much all day. <laughs> um, there are obviously, you know, like a Monday for me is most of the time a day off where I try and I don't ride track work in the morning. I try and get away, get as far away from a racecourse as I can and just have 
some sort of a normal life and just unwind like that. Um, obviously, like a normal person <clears throat> will have set, you know, Saturday, Sunday off, whereas Saturday, Sundays for us are always work yeah. days. So it can be like Tuesday, track work trials, Wednesday, races, Thursday, track work races, Friday, track work races, Saturday, track work races, Sunday races, you know, so it's, it is consuming. Yeah, and you have to, you have to be so committed to it. You know, it's not just something you do half-hearted, but you've, you're all in. We talked about how mentally tough it is, but it's also physically demanding as well because if you're just the slightest little bit overweight or underweight, it can affect your entire race, can't it? Yeah, so essentially, obviously, every horse, depending on its ability, its age, sex, its ha- on the handicap, mm. it has it's weighted accordingly to the sort of race it's in. So my day in a race meeting weight-wise will, will vary. So I've got seven rides, you know, tomorrow, Saturday, um, those horses will all have a variation of different weights. So then for me, my lightest weight is essentially where I need – is my – we're at the point I need to be at before a race meeting. So um, a lot of people, you know, there's many jocks out there that do it really hard. They're yep. losing kilo, kilo and a half before a race meeting. Morning of, dehydrating. Wow. Yeah, and it's crazy. So that obviously affects – it does affect you in some way. But that's just the kind of pressure that people don't realise that these – jockeys are putting themselves under day Mm. in day out you know that physical fatigue and then the mental fatigue and then having to go and do it again the next day it's almost like boxing where you do your weigh in they've got to lose weight and then they try and put on weight before they step out in the ring how are you tracking for tomorrow because you've had two weeks off (laughs) yeah yeah thanks to my manager shout out to him for getting me a few light rides this weekend thanks cam love you um no listen it's it's all about management for me um I came back from my sort of little holiday back in NZ at the start of sort of in the weekend. So last weekend it's taken me four or five days to get back onto a, a my diet, as I sort of call it, um, and then into a routine where I'm sort of dieting, trying to lose a little bit of weight and chipping away at it during the week. But not everyone has that luxury, obviously, because you're busy racing all the time. So you, you have to put something back in. Um, so I've had the luxury this week of – trying to get my weight down in the best way possible so it sustains, you know, it's a sustainable way of doing it, essentially. How how many kilos do you have to lose before the weekend? I've probably only got a couple of kilos left to lose. Before or, tomorrow? Yeah, before tomorrow. Right um, on. Uh, that's interesting. <coughs> I know a few people would be uh, love to get you on the phone and ask you how on earth you do that. Um, well, the long and short of it is I try and stay away from the fridge. Um, <laughs> a few sweat sessions in between yeah, as well. a few sweat sessions in between. I'd like to try, uh, you know, be as physical as I can. Like I'll go out and put my sweat gear on and do something. While well, the weather's mm. good, it makes yeah. that job super easy. And you know, I can go for a walk for an hour and a half with my sweat gear on and it's not too taxing physically because I'd obviously don't want to be physically exhausted. Uh, but mentally I'm out doing something. Some people prefer to sit and sweat in a bath. Some people will go for a run. Um, I'm not much of a runner myself, just not built for running. I don't enjoy it. Don't like your cardio. Mm, nah, don't leave me out of the cardio. <laughs> um, but like I said, I do go to the gym twice a week and have a PT session there um, just to try and mix it up a bit too. So it's all about variation for me, like keeping my mind fresh while I'm doing it. Mm. Um, everyone's got their own way about it. I do try and diet most of it and then, you know, just water weight the last bit. So it's... Yeah, it's 
that's the fun part of my job. <laughs> okay. Very consuming, very physically <laughs> and mentally demanding, that is for sure. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for sharing your story. Stick with us, though. After the break, we'll check in with an apprentice jockey who's been dubbed the next big thing. She's a Queenslander. She's from the country and her parents tried to also talk her out of racing horses as well. Angela Jones will join us next. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. The horses are on the track. Queensland is your place to race this year. This is the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett on SEN Track. Yes, welcome back to the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett. I'm Melissa Smith, joined by the ever-so-talented Sam herself. Sam, we were talking before about your story, but, you know, when we go to the races, we see out there a jockey on the horse, but there's so many people who are involved behind the scenes too. Yeah, listen, it's a massive industry that provides jobs for a lot of people. Um... You know, you've got stable hands, you've got truck drivers, trainers, jockeys, the likes of farriers, vets. It it really goes long and far with the people behind the scenes doing all the work to what you see on a, on a race day. To become a jockey like yourself, you've got to do an apprenticeship, a four-year apprenticeship, and an apprentice jockey joins us now in Angela Jones. Angela, thanks for coming on the show. How are you this morning? I'm well, thanks. Have, thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Thank you. Uh, you're an apprentice jockey, four years. How are you going with it all? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um, mine's sort of been pretty pretty straightforward, like, because a lot of apprenticeships sort of end up a lot longer than four years, and I guess some people have to do a fair, four, fair few years before they even start their apprenticeship, so... I guess mine hasn't really, I'm halfway through and hasn't really dragged on, but I think a lot of other apprentices sort of end up in like a 10-year apprenticeship. Yeah, and listen, you, I think the way that you're going, you'll be pretty sweet that it's not going to last 10 years for you, thankfully. <laughs> um, yeah, quick, that's right. got a question for you, though. What have you found, obviously, the most challenging when you're starting off? There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, you look back on what you've achieved so far now, how... How has your career like progressed over the last few seasons? And you're obviously you're starting to get a, a real good go with, um, with some good trainers and uh, good opportunities in town like that coming up. Um, like how has that all come about and how do you feel things have come from the very start? Yeah, um, it was probably like it's, it's obviously going really smoothly and well now, but it's probably just the very beginning was the hardest bit, just not knowing anyone in racing. I think a lot of apprentices you see, they've always, you know, their dad's a trainer or their mum's been a jockey or something. And I think if you don't know anyone in racing and you sort of have that dream, it's, it's very daunting. And probably that was the hardest bit in sort of just telling people around you that don't even know any racing, like, I'm going to be a jockey when I grow up. They sort of all look at you like you've got two heads. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's sort of you got to find that first contact to sort of get you in. And oh, even yeah. then if they're, you know, once you, but once you sort of are brave enough to take that first step and ask a few questions, then it sort of just you can get the ball rolling and it just sort of builds from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been obviously been fortunate enough that I came from a racing background, so I could only like imagine how hard it is to get your foot in the door because, like you say, everyone sort of has been in the industry, your family's been in the industry, so I think you can hold your head up pretty high and, and say that you've achieved things. You know, you've you've done a great job so far and. 
your career is tracking along sensationally. The short time I've been in Brisbane and watched you ride, you ride super well and people notice that because you're getting rides from some really good trainers and it must be exciting. Yeah, no, it is exciting. Um, but And at the same time you say it is harder, but I think it sort of helped as well because from the start you've had to sort of show yourself show, and show people you can do it and so then you sort of, you just can keep doing that. How are you finding your time working at a stable down here in Brisbane? Yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, probably just from coming coming from Toowoomba, I find it probably a little bit more professional. Mm. And I think the staff are just so much better. Like They're really struggling in Toowoomba. They just can't get sort of groundwork staff. And so sort of some things don't get done properly or they just don't have the people or the time to teach the people to do it properly. And that's probably the biggest thing just here. They have staff who know what they're doing and everything rolls a lot, along a lot smoother. Your story is so different to Sam's, but similar in one sense of your parents as well tried to talk you out of uh, racing. Why was that? Um, I just think they probably, they didn't really know much about racing themselves. My mum just thought it was, it was just a betting. That was all racing was. Um. And my sister, so we always had off-the-track horses. And so she went through a phase where she was saying, you know, it'd be cool to be a jockey and whatever. And she got steered away pretty quick. And Mm. she was sort of the more responsible one and a bit smart. So she went off to uni and did that. (laughs) Um, But I was was probably always the risk-taker of the family and couldn't really be told no anything. So... um, there's nothing wrong with being an adrenaline junkie. That's what, we, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's keeps right. us alive at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, when I started saying it, they were sort of, like, "Oh, you're just a phase. You, you're going to grow out of, and um, you know, you still have to apply for you. You still got to do all the right. hard subjects that'll get you there." But I just simply wasn't smart enough, and I just had enough. Sort of halfway through year twelve, and I just stopped, dropped all these subjects. And then I started saying, well, you can't make me go to uni. <laughs> and, um, and the bonus and is then, you don't have a massive student loan. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think after I finished school and, and I was saying there's nothing else I want to do after they realised sort of I wasn't going to do anything else. This is the only thing sort of in my head. They they sort of got on board then and um, they've been really good ever since. You've got 160 plus wins to your name, Angela. What have you got on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday? Um, are we, I'm having my first uh, ride, my Saturday ride in Brisbane. Very um, exciting. Yes. Yes. And then I'm um, rush off to Toowoomba and ride the rest of the meeting there. And then Sunday I'll be back at uh, Sunshine Coast. Amazing. For those those night meetings, there are... To credit to you guys that go and ride in town and then ride and then go to those night meetings because I've done that a couple of times and it is hard mm. work and it's cold this time of the year in Toowoomba <laughs> so credit where credit is due, girlfriend. Yeah, thank you. I'm sort of keen. This will be the last week I have to go up there. <laughs> it's not nice and especially after like the days are just so long because we're still getting up at three o'clock to go to track work and then you know as soon as we're home we've got to you know, pack to go to one race meeting and then it's, it's just rushing all day, especially if your sort of times are pretty close. You mm, yeah. don't even have time to shower. It. You know, you just jump in. in Lifestyles of the, the Ritz and Famous. Yeah. And 
And then you run in and it's all you're just in a rush from when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning till nine, ten o'clock at night. All right. Well, we hope you get it's some rest on work. Monday. Wow. That is unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, wow. You must be uh, physically and mentally fit. We were just talking about that a little bit earlier on. Angela, best of luck for the weekend, especially with your first ride in Brisbane. We'll all be cheering for you. That is for sure. Although, should we be coming up against you, Sam? So don't cheer too hard. Ooh, controversial, <laughs> controversial. Angela, thank you so much for your time and thanks for joining us on the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett. Thank you. See you. How good is that? Very controversial. Both of you will be uh, settling up and, and well, heading out at Eagle Farm. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's something I'm fairly used to because when I first started riding, I used to ride against my mum and my dad. And I oh. still rode against my mum until the day no. I left and she was the hardest person to get past me. Oh. So hard. Can you imagine the ride home? What was that like in the car? Always fear and love and war. Mm. Uh, it, it always makes for, um, I don't know, it makes you competitive for sure, but... Oh. Yeah. I'd love to be sitting around the dining table, that is for sure. Hey, just uh, touch on some Queensland, some racing Queensland news just quickly before we do head to the break. Plenty happening. We know that there was some drama a little bit earlier on this week at Doombin. Uh, two men arrived in a stolen car, which actually stopped the race. Pretty crazy. Earlier this week on the Sunshine Coast, the poly track was transferred from the Gold Coast, which led to 68 scratchings. Uh, if Switch and Mackay, we know that um, in September they'll be taking a break to make sure that the track is okay. We know there have been a few issues there. But looking at the weekend on Saturday, we've got racing at Eagle Farm. Aquas Park on the Gold Coast, Toowoomba, which is that nighttime meeting, Townsville, Middlemount, Caulfield, Tambo, St George, and then on Sunday, racing gets underway on the Sunshine Coast. So, Sam, it's been great to have you. Welcome to SEN Track. It's been great to have you in the studio. It's been so fantastic. Fantastic to be a part of it, and um, it's the start of something beautiful, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We can't wait till next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the Queensland Hoop with Sam Collett on SEN Track. It's been great to have your company. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Happy racing. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.